Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ISV Society podcast. So excited that you're here this week for our episode and so excited for my guest today. I have Alif, founder and CEO of Item by Item, which is the largest online training for Microsoft Dynamics 365 finance, supply chain, commerce, sales, customer service, and field service. So welcome, Alif, to the ISV, ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, it was so great to meet you at Community Summit and so great to do a What's the Buzz video with you as well. But before we dive into today's uh, questions, would love for you to just share every, with everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Elif, and uh, um, as you said, I'm the founder and CEO of Item by Item. Uh, we're an online training company for various D365 products, specifically FNO and the CRM products that are under the business applications umbrella. Um, I myself am from the AX D365 world. I worked many years um, as an AX consultant. That's how sort of like I started my career. Um, and then I um, I was a project manager for many um, AX projects. Ultimately, AX became D365. And I was also a director um, for one of the partners, uh, keeping an eye on the projects, building methodology, training new consultants, etc. But um, my training um, passion sort of starts from um, earlier parts of my career. Before I was involved with D365, I worked uh, for a supply chain optimization company here in Dallas. And um and I absolutely loved it. It's um, I love just everything about training. I loved teaching to people and also building content, as well as just sort of like diving into um, the best time to train this group of person or building training strategy, etc. So um, as I was going through my D365 career, I always felt like uh, there was a, a need in the market for a training partner. Um, and and uh, that's how sort of like the idea about our company started. Um, and that is what we do. We are primarily, not even primarily, just solely focused on training. And that's all we do. Um, and our online training platform serves as a sort of a baseline uh, to offer um, additional training opportunities for our customers. So I always felt like there was um, like a low hanging fruit in D365 world because you have to teach uh, so many of the same things to so many people and why not build the content for mm -hmm. those things first and um, whatever then time and effort and energy that you want to spend instead of spending on the 100% of the things but you focus on that 20-25% and you can just take that 70-75% from something that already exists and that's sort of the idea behind our company we do offer services for that 25% we build custom training we build uh, we offer virtual and in-person training as well but um, it's been a just wonderful journey I've um, I've learned a lot I was always more on the content and um, delivery side so this is uh, this has been a challenge so I have to like do sales and marketing and things that are just a part of a, be owning a small business we're a small business woman-owned business we're a uh, diversity vendor for um, Microsoft we do also so do some work directly with them so it's been just 
nothing but a, a challenge, but also a, a wonderful um, experience so far. Yes, I can say that too. <laughs> we wear many hats when we run a business. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, you write a proposal now and then yeah. you have to build a contact two hours later, then do a demo and then you have to, you know, visit a customer, everything all in one day. But training is so important. And I love that you focus on that because I feel like sometimes when we transition upgrades, new ERPs, sometimes we do get that training, but sometimes we say, hey, we're going to learn to teach ourselves or we're going to put that, we're going to just learn the basics and not, you know, get the real training that we need to really understand it and make sure we're using everything that we should be. So I love that you focus on that. And I think it's a huge asset to many of the customers, partners out there. Yeah. Thank you. So was we're going to talk a little bit about Community Summit first. Was this the first one that you actually sponsored, had a booth, et cetera? No, no. It oh, okay. was, I think this was our fourth one. Fourth the first one, one oh, I wow. had, um, the first one I had, well, the, I'm not, if you count COVID, but that didn't yeah. happen. I guess that's sort of like it didn't happen. But <laughs> yeah. um, we we started the one in Phoenix. That was our okay. first one that we actually sponsored. Um, we're doing the, like the smallest possible sponsorship, but I do find it um helpful. I, I think having just sort of a place uh, and a table where people come and visit and ask their questions. Um, I, I, I definitely find it very valuable. It's definitely worth the, um, the cost and, uh, you know, having, having that opportunity to, to be able to present, um, and connect with, uh, other, other people, uh, in the, in the conference. Sure. And I, I mean, I felt like, I don't know what you felt, but it was a, just a great conference. Mm-hmm. It was a great attendance. I recently actually attended, um, a meeting, like a sort of a post, uh, community summit meeting. Um, and we've got some information about attendees and the, the, and it was interesting, like business users, half of them were first time attendees. So, which is, which is sort of a super exciting environment to be in because they're coming into this D365 conference for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved, um, I loved having the booth. I, I had two of my customers, uh, we uh, presented, um, I, I was a present in their presentations, but my uh, role was very limited. They they talked about um, their overall training experience um, and how they have like planned their uh, training. Um, one for an upgrade project, the other one is a sort of a new project with FNO and CE together. Um, so that was a lot of fun, and um, I loved sort of like having Microsoft there this year. There were a lot of Microsoft people. I don't know what you thought about that, but um, and I so also I had other. Um, other roles in this time because I'm a part of the planning committee for the for the FNO product for the community summit. So I got to enjoy some presentation to the new attendees and um, I was a part of the FO general session. And then uh, we did a an MVP upgrade roundtable uh, right. to sort of like talk about, you know, upgrade challenges. That was also a lot of fun. We have a great MVP uh, FNO community in the US. We're, we're not that many of us, but it's also a great opportunity to sort of like see each other in person yeah. in Community Summit. So we, we definitely had a great time. Yes, yeah, definitely. How about you? Yeah, same here. I mean, it's never long enough. I can never, I never have enough time to, to meet everybody and have great, I mean, I had great conversations. I was doing all those what's the buzz. So that took a lot of my time. I wish I I maybe maybe stayed a day later or went earlier just to be able to do some more networking and 
have more conversations and more meetings. But overall, yeah, it's a really big event, a really great event and excited for next year. So already thinking about what I'm going to be doing, you know? <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think this is the, like, I, I always went on the first day, like or the day that we can set up the booth, but I, I am again convinced that we're going to probably have to go a day before because what ends up happening is even if like Monday, there wasn't supposed to be anything. So mm-hmm. I was initially going to fly like, um, uh, that morning, I mean, I ended up doing that still, but I think it would have been better if if I had actually arrived the day before. Because uh, what happens is when the demand is so high, they end up adding stuff. Mm-hmm. So you and then you buy your ticket, then you cannot really you know change. So I think I'm and this time we're um I'm gonna be able to drive. It's in San Antonio, so oh, there you go. that's gonna give us a little bit more flexibility, and I don't have to worry about you know getting a ticket. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for next year. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think we everybody sort of missed being together mm-hmm. and just even forget about the I mean, conferences can be a lot like just you're constantly talking like it's expo whole hours can be really sort of I don't want to even call it like maybe in a negative tone draining, but it's yeah. it is sort of like draining, you know, like it you're is. giving energy and, and, and you're taking energy, but at the same time. You, you're just beat at the end of the day, mm-hmm. especially if you're attending to some social events too. Um, but I just loved that, you know, just one-on-one connection meeting. You can never, you know, replace that. That no. just, I mean, you and I, we've never met before. No. Like, for example, <laughs> we, we planned on doing the what's the buzz and it was just an instant like sort of click when you see each other face to face as if you're, you've known each other for a long time. So I think that's that's exactly. I find that that's really the fun part. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> awesome. So let's dive into upgrading from AX to D365. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's a big I, undertaking. I felt like that was a big topic this year. Like I think upgrading is always sort of a big topic because there's a huge community of customers that are on AX 2009 or AX 2012. But I think I I felt like this year there was more serious talk about it. I think before customers were maybe a little bit, you know, like skating by, you know, I yeah. or just thinking. And I, I don't, I'm not like super knowledgeable about when this support ends and stuff. There was a lot of talk about that too. Um, but whether they are being forced into um, upgrading to D three sixty four or they want to, or now that we're out of this pandemic. Um, I felt like there was just some really well and serious conversation about like what makes an upgrade a success. Um, and I think um, even our MVP, uh, MVP um Roundtable was incredibly well um, attended and people just ask really uh, purposeful questions, like not just like, oh, we're thinking, you know, but but when we are actually upgrading, what should we do? How should we do this? Um, um, One of my customers presentation was about upgrade. And again, the attendance was incredible and the engagement just Mm -hmm. from the, the audience about like, what, how did you do it or how are you doing it? Or what, what would you, what should we do? in uh, that sort of uh, conversation um and uh, you know there are there are some things I think that are overlooked when you that when you uh, think about an upgrade because company is already on some version of um, ax but also there are some things that are 
um, that are thought about to be too much of a problem, then it, it, it is not going to be. So I would call it more like sort of misconceptions okay. about, about uh, upgrade. And I think uh, it's sort of uh, good to educate all of these customers that are thinking about AX, um, you know, technically and functionally, what are the things that you need to pay attention to? And what are the things that maybe you don't need to worry about as much? And that kind of leads into our next question is what you're seeing at customers are struggling with when they're prepping for an upgrade? Yeah, I mean, I think they sometimes underestimate the prep work. And I think there's a general excitement about starting a project and obviously connecting with a partner and selecting a partner and coming up with a project plan timeline. But I think there's this magical time before the partner comes up to the office to start design sessions and talk about upgrade and actually doing work. And I think that's very much so missed by the customers um, because when the partners arrive, there's they are billing you, you know, they're spending mm -hmm. time and your resources are busy. You know, they have to attend meetings and they have to do their job. So almost like by the time by that time, a lot of the opportunity of this investigative work is sort of lost. Um, so one of the things I always tell them that you need to really learn well what is standard D365. It especially um many of these customers who are thinking about upgrading to D365 and waited this long, they're most likely a super customized um, AX version, you know. So yeah. it's very important for them to understand what's in standard D365 uh, so that they can have that, you know, thinking and conversation. Okay, those are um, uh, extensions really make sense because uh, D365 changed a lot. There's a lot more new functionality. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, um, you know, the, the whole investigation of ISV solutions, you know, Microsoft is not encouraging extensions. They're basically with all of these continuous updates. They're telling the customers, you need to minimize extensions. And I think, you know, working with ISVs is a great way of doing that. You're sort of like transferring that responsibility and risk to the ISV, right. you know, because they're responsible from upgrading their own code and making sure that it works and et cetera, rather than you. Of course, you're going to have to pay for them for their services, but I think it's still a better solution than trying to do it themselves. And they're the best of the breed. They're making any ISV solutions for multiple functional solutions, and you can pick something that um, that works for you. And I was talking to a customer recently, and they told me they have seven ISV solutions. And I, I was not surprised. I mean, I think in the old days maybe it would be a shock, and you would, that would represent um, complexity of of D three sixty five. But I'm like, great, good for mm -hmm. you, because <laughs> I think um, you know, just imagine redoing what is is in the seven ISV solution to um, right. yourself. So, I think the you know from that perspective, education. Uh, you know, making education a priority. Uh, I always like um, tell our upgrade customers if if they are interested in doing online training, I like them to do it like a couple of months before, maybe two months before the project starts and get them an instance, D365 instance, which is readily available and have them to just spend set that time um, really before anybody comes in so that, you know, they're able to sort of um, a little bit take this information and, uh, you know, sit with it. The um, the nice thing is, yes, D365 changed a lot, but 
It's also AX. I mean, there are many, many things that are super similar to AX, like sales orders still have header and lines and, you know, inventory still has to be managed by journals and things like that, you know? So um, there are, I think, uh, opportunities um, for them to self learn um and uh, before any of this uh you know the the, the it starts and um and i know that i talked probably a lot about this topic but i'll add one more thing that one of the technical meps um mentioned in the mvp roundtable is just that cleaning up data and what mm. what he was talking about is that do not wait until your upgrade project starts uh there are many many things that uh, you can do apparently technically to your data and to your uh to, to your system in preparation and again those all can be done with minimal supervision um and without having to wait until the the project actually starts yeah, those are some great tips. And I feel like, you know, I think when we think about upgrading, right, it's kind of like a big undertaking, right? We think it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of time. And yes, it is. But there's like so many things you can do to prepare yourself. Like you said, is just understanding the product and the training and everything that it entails and having a great project management um, person or someone managing that whole project from beginning to end will definitely help and cleaning up the data like there's just some you know if you're taking it step by step breaking it out into chunks along the way it's not going to seem so overwhelming and you know it's actually going to be very beneficial for having that streamlined clean upgrade that they need yes i mean the thing is the more you know you you don't know it you don't know right Mm -hmm. so like it's important for you to be to be knowledgeable i mean the the thing is um you know, when the the role of a partner and a consultant is to know the product, like they're the experts in the product and your, your role in your organization, you know, the business processes. So the best marriage between the two is if when customer, when consultants start to understand your business problems, and when you start to understand the product better, I always say this, that it's not only jo- the job of the consultants to learn your business process, but it's also your job mm-hmm. to learn the the product. And when when that happens, really magic happens because what uh, when when the conversations are being held, you're on the same page. You're not like um, just assuming some things are going to work this way. That you know, if you've seen it, you can relate to it with your own business processes, and that's going to minimize rework. That's going mm-hmm. to minimize extensions. So I, I mean, it just pays dividends tenfold. Um, so I think taking a step back in an upgrade project is never a bad thing. It's scary. Because when you're sort of like a uh, starting a project, there are balls rolling or whatever, you know, like there are things that are happening, expectations are there and timeline, whether that's timeline, budget. But I think sometimes just taking a step back and just sort of revisiting what are we doing? You mm-hmm. know, like, are we really are all on the same page or do we want to just take a little bit of a, you know, break and regroup and be all on the, on the same page? Um, and uh, I think... I mean, I do see this happening with the customers. I mean, I think they're not as, um, I don't want to say dependent on the partner, but they're much more aware. Maybe it's because they were already on AX. They're already in the Microsoft realm. That They're more empowered. I find them that they to to make the decisions about whether that's timeline or, 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 or how they want the project to be run. 
Yeah, I agree. Totally need to all be on the same page, which is very helpful in the scheme of things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So and what are some opportunities or low-hanging fruit as a company is considering an upgrade? Yeah, I would probably say that one thing that uh that my technical colleague said is to just do that technical work that yep. you know without really making a huge commit you because that needs to be done anyways even if you're not, you end up not upgrading for 3 months 6 months a year that having clean data having good um you know um baseline whether that's code or or data is going to help your um your organization one way or the other it can be done with minimal resources and it can be done just like parallel to many other things i think that's something that um that definitely customers should consider. Um, and then um, I would probably say number two is the ISV solution investigation um, and better understand the different things that different ISV solutions are offering, um, you know, watching demos and asking them the sort of questions and, um, and then seeing that, um, you know, whether or not that's a good fit. And, and in conjunction with that is educating yourself on D365. I think all of these can be done without spending tremendous amount of money. I mean, of course, you'll have to spend time, right. but you would without making a huge investment. And even, um, you know, just uh, you can do online training, you can do many other things. Uh, right now, you know, having a D365 instance is easier. Um, you can ask your partner to bring one up and put some licenses on it. So these sort of things um, are really going to just get you off the ground. And honestly, I think all of these things will get people excited, mm -hmm. you know, because there's also an element of this, obviously, to getting people motivated to do this. And when they see D365, when they see ISV solutions, people are going to be like, oh my gosh, like we want to get off what we have and we want to have this better thing. So I think it really sort of creates that buzz. And um, I think it can really um, help. And it doesn't even have to be tremendously long, I would say probably three months, investing some effort into this sort of um, um, engagement for three months can make a huge difference on an implementation. Yes, I like how you put that little buzz in there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Can you believe we're on the last question already? I know. Yes. If there were a few things that you would recommend to companies planning an upgrade, what would they be? I think it's just sort of a, a little bit of summary of what we've already talked about. One is I would definitely say start early on training. And um, it's so interesting because um, one of my customers, again, like uh, presented in Community Summit and um and we did start quite early with them. I mean, it was just so interesting. Like the, I would consider them an early starter upgrade customer. And it was interesting to hear him say, even start earlier. And I see, I see, I hear this from so many customers that they are seeing the benefits of uh, putting education first before uh, getting into design meetings. I think uh, I will just keep saying this to everybody. Uh, it's hard to sell. Um, it's not necessarily very expensive, but I think um, there is this perception in the market about 
about, you know, to train the trainer, which I think works well for many uh, customers, you know, partners obviously uh, sell it this way. So the concept is being talked about during sales cycle is that we're going to come and we're going to train you when we come. So like as, as the partner, which is great. I mean, I'm not saying not to do that. I think that's a great opportunity for uh, learners to interact with the consultants, ask their questions. Um, and generally partners do a great job of training uh, customers. But um, I think it just closes the door a little bit to mm -hmm. this opportunity of doing something before. And I think that just needs to be talked about in the market more. And um, and uh, I think Microsoft is advocating it more. Um, and then even partners, I think the partners um, that I work with, they are advocating it more because it's going to benefit to them too. Mm -hmm. Is, uh, you know, that if if they come to a project and they, people already know about the 365, everything is going to be easier. So I think that's my number one, like mission for the year is to, you know, convince more uh, upgrade customers to start early on training. Yes. And, um, and I think the other thing is, um, don't be afraid to slow things down or, or pause. I think it's, um, I think COVID taught us, you know, like showed us this, I think many things in the last several years have, have taught us that we don't need to just because we're in a sort of a, a cycle of implementation or cycle of doing something. And I think customers upgrade customers need to be, uh, diligent about watching the project and obviously assigning a project management and um, all of that stuff is all sort of name of the game and they need to be constantly watching. But I think even sometimes when they realize things are not going great, they're reluctant to take action. So they're reluctant to say, hold on, like we, we need to really just like sort of revisit all this thing that we've planned or whatever that is. And I think that's what I would recommend to customers that don't be afraid to do that and be more flexible and ready to pivot when things don't exactly work out though that the way that you, um, you had originally planned. Uh, yes, I totally agree with you. And, you know, education training. So Definitely should definitely come first. Obviously, we all want to know things before we do them, right? Yes. And like you yes. said, it kind of gets them excited to see the product. And, you know, they're on this old version and now they're seeing this, you know, shiny new object or the fancy yes, ARP. Yes. So like everybody wants to move to that, don't they? No, it also creates lots of conversation, right? Yeah. Like, do we really want this? And do we really want to do that? And are we really doing it the right way? You know, I think... Um, I think that's when really projects become successful. When you have that sort of curiosity, when you have that sort of commitment and thinking that things are going to be okay, things are going to work mm -hmm. out, we're going to figure it out all together as a group. And it, it creates that sort of uh, group mentality as well. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing all this information with me. And I would love to include, if you could send us some information on what you offer, the trainings and such. We'll put those in the show notes for everybody. Sure, and absolutely. And of course, we'll put your LinkedIn, how they can follow you, learn more. And of course, um, you can always reach out to us as well. And I'm assuming they could reach out to you with any questions if they're considering this process. And, and I know they could be a great resource. You could be a great resource for them. 
Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. I will will definitely put all of my contact information in there. Okay. They can visit our website. It's it's just uh, so great to talk to you, Amy. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in this week on the ISV Society podcast. Have a great day.